Hello, and welcome to the podcast on Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Good morning. Uh, this is Advent. It's uh, one of my favorite times of the year where I feel like I uh, never make it all the way through. Uh, I'm always so excited for Advent, and then halfway through it, something sidetracks me. Uh, we were talking with BJ about it this week at lunch, about how it's like I'm always looking forward for Advent, and then like by the time we get to joy, it's like something has sidetracked me so bad that I'm just like, oh, next year. But hopefully, started this morning in the car. If you guys need an Advent book, if Advent's new to you, I'll explain it. Um, but Watch and Wait by Jim Branch. It's on Amazon. Awesome book. He's local here in Knoxville. Uh, the idea behind Advent is, um, is that season, that, that gap of like between the prophets and Jesus' coming of like just nothing, of silence, and how the people's hope and expectation for this king to arrive. And so in the modern-day church, I worked at a Presbyterian church. They had the whole like brought down the candles to like this like symphony and you're just like man this is taking five whole minutes we're not doing that today I thought about bringing a candle and each candle represents hope joy love and peace Um, and today I'm hope so I'm going to begin with a reading from Psalms 130 I wait for the Lord my soul awaits and in his word I hope my soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning more than the watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. This is the word of the Lord. I'm going to pray. Lord, thank you so much um, that we get to come and worship you um, and posture ourselves for a season of expecting you to arrive. And with that, bringing hope, and joy, and love, and peace. Um, we thank you so much. Um, speak through me, uh, and then bless our conversations at lunch as uh, we can talk about what we heard. In your name I pray, amen. Um, so I kind of talked a little bit about what is Advent, why we kind of celebrate it. Is it's To me, it's because the whole year I kind of miss where God shows up. I talked about it last year uh, with, when I did Joy, uh, and my parents showed up, and then they haven't been back since because uh, I kind of called her out. Just kidding. But I did because um, it's part of my story. But anyways, rabbit trail. Um, and so for me, it is a time that I get to reflect on the year and see where God showed up. Um, hope is one of my favorite ones. That's why I really asked for it. And I feel like I really relate in this my current season of life, uh, expecting uh, a little girl on the way um, and I'll get into that here in a little bit. Um, but we have some modern visualizations of hope. Um, we could hope that our football team wins on Saturday. And if you're a Tennessee Vol fan, uh, we can hope that the basketball team will be really good because we're never good at football. Um, you can hope for, uh, you know, I know a couple weeks ago it was election results and people were hoping and waiting, and, and it felt like Nevada was just like, one 
Slack or Joom, you know, just like the, those memes that you saw, like, man, you guys are taking forever to count. Um, or even before that, it's, you know, hope for a cure for this pandemic, a vaccine. And, you know, we can keep going on and on about what we're putting our hope into. Um, oh, from movies. I, I love movies. Uh, last year, you, you, uh, you got to hear a little bit more about me uh, and how I am kind of this uh, videographer on the side. I wear tons of hats and um, I do a lot of wedding videos. Favorite shows, This Is Us. Uh, try to make my wedding videos as close as I can to This Is Us. And so usually I'm crying while editing or maybe while filming. So behind I'm like embarrassed. <laughs> so super bows. Um, or, you know, Nolan firsthand, we were, we were in a sit down with a guy and he started crying and I'm starting crying and Nolan's just like, what do I do now? They're, they're all crying. They're just three dudes in a room crying together. Um, but in movies, uh, we have Superman. Uh, and in the modern adaptation of Superman, he actually says his symbol means hope. Uh, and and if you in the in like the comics, Superman is actually uh, Moses. Uh, if you think about it in a way, you know he's this orphan kid put in a spaceship basket and sent away. That hope that he can bring uh, redemption to his people. Um, for me, I love Lord of the Rings. Uh, big Frodo Baggins fan. Uh, and so Frodo and the fellowship was referred to as um, Boromir says, and all of our hope lies in this hobbit because the concept of it is they're taking the one ring of power to Mount Doom to put it in the fire and to end evil and corruption. I'll talk more about Lord of the Rings here in a bit because I love Lord of the Rings. Um, hope to be hoping for a good day, a certain gift for Christmas. Um, but all these hopes are different than what is in the Bible. And today, I kind of hope, hope to uh, redefine hope, maybe for some of us. Um, some Hebrew words that appear in the Bible for hope, uh, yakal, which means to wait for. Uh, the example for that would be Noah in, in the ark after, during the flood, he yakals for the water to receive. He's literally in, a part, in a, just a moment in a presence of waiting. Kava, which means to wait, but it's related to the word kav, which is a cord, a rope. And this one is really cool from when I was reading about this. So basically, you're pulling a rope, and you're pulling it and pulling it and pulling it, and when it finally snaps, kava, it's the moment of like expecting it. Like right before it snaps, you're like, it's about to break. That's kava. So it's expecting, uh, expectantly waiting for the release of tension. And Isaiah 8.17 says, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will hope in him. Uh, this wait and hope are yakal, as in I will, I am in a presence, I am in a posturing and waiting. That's part of a little bit of what hope is, is we have to posture ourselves in this, this season, in this hope. I feel everything just goes by so quick in a year. We get so sidetracked we were waiting and and hoping and and we just get a sense of and especially in this season it's go to the grocery store buy these gifts black friday shopping turkey thursday football friday shooting saturday michael and i were talking about those acronyms that we have and it's like when those things finally happen we're just looking to the next one and it's like okay well the football game's over all right we've got shooting tomorrow and and I feel like it's a lot of it, the waiting is we're waiting just for the next thing rather than waiting for the thing. 
in Hosea 2.15. I'll wait for this one. I think I jumped ahead before. Thanks, Kenneth. Uh, also, Kenneth and I have a good uh, system. He, he works with me Thursdays uh, with the slides, and so we got, we got a vibe going. And there we will give her her vineyards and make the valley of anchor a door of hope. And there she shall answer as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the lands of Egypt. Uh, Hosea is writing um, about Kavah. He's expectantly waiting. And I think that's why he throws in that end, as at the time when she came out of the land of Egypt. For him, he, he could expect that God was going to show up again because he has shown up before. And in a year where it has been anything but normal, I sometimes think, do we, even in a normal year, but especially this year, have we sometimes forgotten God? Do we, do we get so caught up in just the thing that do we miss? Do we forget that God has once rescued us already? Man, I'm just blowing through this. I got a lot of, of myself. Don't worry. I'm just getting through these Greek words. This is a Greek word now. These were Hebrew. Following the resurrection, a new word of hope appeared. So these are the three types of hopes and waiting that we see in the Bible. This is the last one. It's opis, which is hope in the form of anticipation. In Colossians 1.27, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Is the anticipation of glory. It is we know it's coming. But we still have to do these other we still have to wait and posture ourselves and be expectant. And you see, I think a lot of my Advent season is always waiting. So it's just like, all right, God, where are you at? A little bit like Jonah. Jonah, you know, avoided so like going to Nineveh, and he goes on this random boat ride, and he gets he's like, "Dude, there's a storm, and I'm pretty sure it's your fault." Out you go. Storm stops. All right, cool. Fish puked out. Finally, he ends up at Nineveh, and then his hope is that wrath will come upon them rather than the hope of redemption. He was expectantly waiting that what was coming to them was, was coming to them. Was wrath and judgment, and and God t- turned the coin uh, and gave him redemption. And so, for me, it is like I have to do my part. I have to ready myself. I have to posture my heart. And I think so often I, I forget a little bit of those steps, and I'm just like wet, just wanting to receive uh, or wanting to um, to feel hopeful or. Um, to just see and experience God, but I'm not really putting my end of the work. I'm not, you know, the, the songs that we sing at Christmas are, O come, O come, Emmanuel, but then there's come, all ye faithful. And I feel like a lot of the time I, I miss that second song of, I have to do my part and come. Let's talk about some babies. I'm expecting a baby, so I feel like I can relate to... Uh, to, uh, uh, to Joseph. But we're going to talk about Moses real quick. Uh, we spent a whole semester, didn't we, Kenneth and Branson, 
uh, on kind of just, I feel like, in Exodus. I feel like we, we, we started and we thought, oh man, I'm going to get through God's promises. And nope, we're going to stick in Exodus for a bit. So I'm going to read Exodus 2, 1 through 10. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. And the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. Um, she had to hide him because of Pharaoh's law of the land, as if the Hebrew boy is born, kill him. Because the Israelites had grown too powerful. And when she could hide him no longer, when he got too big, she took him, she took for him a basket and made out of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. Those are the right words, and put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. She waited. And now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to the bath at the to bathe at the river, and while her young women walked beside the river, she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, this is, the one, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son, and she named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. So I read that, um, it's like, how does that pertain to hope? Well, Israel had been in slavery for 437 years, well, probably 436, until Moses finally comes back after he uh, kills the Egyptian, goes out, comes back, you know, God's using him. Israel's left to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. And I don't think Joseph thought by bringing his family here that things would turn on a flip of a coin and they would, you know, he's like, come and during the famine and, and receive foods, receive shelter. And then, you know, probably hundreds of years from now, oh, you're going to be slaves to these people, but at least you survived the famine. Um, and so they waited, and I wonder, I wonder if they began to lose faith and hope. But then God used a man named Moses. He used a baby in a basket that went into Pharaoh's house and could speak to him and know their culture and know the language, and he comes back and he sets them free, and they escape slavery. And even after being delivered, out of slavery, they still miss it. They build their calves um, at the foot of Mount Sinai, and, and they want to go back. And I feel like sometimes that's how we sit. You know, we, we've been delivered. Our hope at this time of year is in Christ. But man, do we often go back to what is comfortable. Luke 2, 1 through 6. In, the, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Hopefully that was right. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. 
And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. In Matthew, because she became pregnant and out of wedlock, it wasn't his, he was going to secretly divorce her. We, in Matthew, we get a, a little bit more insight of the character of Joseph uh, and the way he loved Mary, um, but knew what would happen culturally for them if, you know, if word got out. But he went with it. Um, and I wonder, as a man, what he was feeling when he was out of control. Uh, I feel a little bit, I can relate in this current season. Uh, Josh could probably relate a little bit, although he's had three at this point. For, for your first, uh, what is it like sitting there knowing you have, for me, I can feel this, I, I have no control over Desley and this baby. And as a man, it's like, I, I at least got to have my hand in something to know it's like, you know, you're going to, pressing on it's moving forward but this season God has taught me to just I'm going to be in the waiting room and I'm going to be sitting there and you know when I go to appointments it's not my belly getting scanned um but it's a sweet moment uh knowing that to see Desley and this strong light uh and this hope expectantly waiting that in February um I'll have a little daughter and I will get to hold her and a life with her. Um, and I don't know if Joseph and Mary really realized the extent of what their child was coming to be. But in that time of quiet and that silence, from the prophets to, to when this baby was born, they were waiting. They were hoping. They were posturing themselves for a king. Um, Lord of the Rings. I love Lord of the Rings. So um, in the fellowship, we get a sense at the beginning of the movie that they they knock off Sauron and they cut his finger off and his ring goes missing uh, for years, but evil seems to be gone. And so when the ring is found uh, by this hobbit named Gollum or Smeagol, then by Bilbo, and Bilbo keeps it hidden, and then by Frodo finally gets it. Um, and no one, everyone thinks it's just a magical item. But Gandalf does some research. He's, uh, he's one of their good friends. Does some research and finds out, no, this is the ring, and it still has not been destroyed. Evil is still here. And they're building an army, and they want to take it back. We need to be proactive, and we need to defeat. And so... I say all that because in halfway through it, um, they're in this mine because they're having to go through an underpass. And Frodo looks to him because he decides to carry the ring, this little feeble hobbit uh, with not a lot. I mean, he's gay tall and there's great warriors among them, but he decides to take it and they corral around him. Um, and he says to Gandalf, I wish I never took the ring. I wish I never left the Shire. He's missing that comfortable, even though he knows what he carries as a hope for people uh, without a world of you without with a world without a world of evil and Gandalf looks at me and says such is it that everyone feels this way 
uh, when times get tough. I'm paraphrasing. This is a deleted scene, by the way, and it's not in the book. They wrote it themselves. Um, know your Lord, Andy. <laughs> and so, Gandalf, such is it for the times uh, when people feel this way, but it's, <clears throat> but it's what we do with the time that we are given. Bilbo was meant to find the ring, and so in that case, you were meant to find the ring, and that is an encouraging thought. And they go on. And so, I'm just going to pull it up. David Friels, uh, I talked about him before. He, really late last night, wrote something on Facebook. And I was like, yes! An analogy for understanding Advent. Uh, if you're from a non-liturgical tradition. Uh, David is mine and Nolan's. He's a good friend of ours. He walked with us through college. And uh, what church is he kind of work? Does he work at? We've talked about it. I don't remember. I can't think of it right now off the top of my head, but it's very liturgical. You know, in the Fellowship of the Ring, they look back and remember defeating Sauron in the First War, and now they're faced with the current dilemma of destroying the ring and going on the long, perilous journey together, and their love binds them to one another and their tasks, and they look forward with hope to the day that the king returns and Mordor no longer holds any power over Middle-earth. They look forward, they hope, they're expectantly, expectantly waiting for this king to come that isn't of evil. Um, and that's what we get to do. That's what we get to do in this season because chances are, out of the 11 months prior, we have missed God showing up. We've missed the moments of when we were supposed to be waiting and we were just carelessly running through. Um, you know, this year there's been moments of of racial tension and a pandemic and businesses are getting shut down. You know, I was talking with someone the other day about last, actually yesterday of East Nashville and how the tornado hit. And then a week later, they can't even finish cleaning up because uh, they go on lockdown. And I'm just like imagining those business owners feeling defeated and losing hope. And so all these forces are coming against us. Um, but for us, even in the darkness, even in the darkest nights, um, when God seems most silent, uh, there's still light. And it's for us to posture ourselves and to continually to set us upright to wait. Um, because if we fail to do that, it's hard for us to receive and to really appreciate when the King arrives. So how do we hope in today's age? We hope, we anticipate, we expectantly, expectantly wait for Christ to appear in our lives. If we don't, we miss it. And this is what Advent's for. This is why it happens every year, because chances are we're going to miss it. But I hope this year that as we continue forward with love and joy and peace, that we can look back, as Jose was able to do um, and there I will give her her vineyards and make the valley anchor of anchor a door of hope. And there she shall answer as in the days of her youth, as at the time when she came out of the lands of Egypt. He looks back and he reminds himself that they've been rescued before and God will come again. I hope for us that we can look back on this year, on this half decade, on this whole decade, and just see of moments where we can hold on to hope of where God has shown up for us.
you guys get a little look because I talk till I'm finished, and I think Michael actually sets a time and he tries to finish at that time. Just kidding. I'm going to finish with Jim Branch. Oh, come. It is the cry of the Advent season, as well as the deepest cry of our hearts. And though we may not always be completely aware of its presence, it is still definitely there. It is the part of us that yearns for more. It is the part of us that longs for life and love, for peace and wholeness. We all have a burning desire for God to show up and make this his dwelling among us. Excuse me. Oh, come puts the ball squarely in God's court, and all we can do is wait. But the waiting we are called to do during this season is not passive, not like a daysical type of waiting. It is actually quite the opposite. It is an active, expectant waiting. For as we wait for God to come, which we cannot control, we must do something, we must do some coming of our own. We must show up, we must pay attention, we must fully present, lest we miss him when he finally appears. And during the season, even as our hearts sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, our mouths must remind us it is our part to come, all you faithful. For unless we come, we will never be able to recognize his coming. I love that. Um, that's his first kind of like little devo in, in the book, and I feel like it sets up the rest of what this month, what these next four weeks are supposed to be. For unless we do our own part and we come expectantly, I think we'll miss what God really has to offer us this season. I think more now than ever, um, this is a season that we really, really want God to show up. So I'm going to pray for us. I love you guys. Um, We'll see you next week or next Sunday. Lord, thank you so much. as we go to lunch, as we go home, that you bless our conversations. Um, I pray that we can posture our hearts um, and we can experience you and we can, we can remind ourselves of when you've been here before, how you've rescued us before. And I thank you for all the times that you have rescued us. Today, as we come in here, uh, and our hearts maybe feel a little extra heavy, um, maybe we feel like we're, we're losing the grasp of the other end of the rope, uh, and we don't really know where that fall will come. If you feel that way, if you feel a little hopeless, uh, I just ask that you lift up your hands so I can be praying for you this week. You guys get a little out a little early. <laughs> we'll see you guys next Sunday. Um, feel free to grab some more coffee, some snacks. Um, thank you guys for coming. We love you.
We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at emmanuelag.com. 